Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Sandspence Radio, brought to you by Gremlins. Uh, hi there, and welcome to another episode of Shut Up a Second. My name's Jackson Bailey. I'm Zoe Blotter. And I'm Leslie Morris. And today's topic is straight-to-DVD Christmas dog movies. That is weirdly specific. It's great, though. It's good. <laughs> it's a budding genre. <laughs> Next year at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Best straight-to-DVD Christmas dog movie. I like the idea of straight-to-DVD Christmas dog movies becoming like like a very, very prestigious genre. <laughs> like the idea of like auteurs, Coen brothers. I'd watch that. Character study on a, on a, on a dog at Christmas. Um, so when, do we know when they started? When well, was the first one? Well, I can kind of tell you how yeah. all of this kind of crazy genre started. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about film marketing. And in the 1950s and 60s and 70s, it was pretty easy to market like a non-commercial film. Do you know why? See, this is going to be interactive. So, you, uh, I, I don't Easy to, because not a clue. Not a clue. <laughs> it was just easier to reach people. The, the studios weren't making that many films. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's interests were concentrated on the limited magazines, television stations, and newspapers. So, um, and, you know, people, we didn't have industries like the video game industry, home video, podcasts, yeah, yeah. and social media. So it was really, really easy to contact people. And people, they weren't oversaturated by media. So people were more willing to give things a shot. Um, I should point out, at this period, there was two film markets. You have your first run inner city cinemas that had all the good films, and then you had your second run grindhouse and drive-ins and all your regional cinemas that had all the shit. So please tell me that straight-to-DVD Christmas dog movies came out of the exploitation film, (laughs) because that's just awesome. More than you would think. More than you would think. So in this period, um, there were small, like the second string studio um, cinemas would get all the first run content eventually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they also had content made exclusively for them. Uh, and in this period, there was this company called American International Pictures that were making a lot of the secondary content, and they were the best at marketing it. And this is how they, this is how they made. How would you make a film? Just uh, what kind? Camera. Any film. <laughs> film stuff with a camera. But, I would, I, I, yeah, yeah. What, that. I, no, but what process would you take? I don't, I don't, I, uh, I, I get money. That's, no, that's a genre, Zoe. <laughs> that's how I'd make my film. Fuck you, Jackson. Maybe if, This is my opinion, how I would do it. Maybe I would I'd get money from <laughs> someone and, 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 and buy a camera. and Wait for my rich <laughs> uncle to die, use his money. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, that's right, you'd write a script. <laughs> Not AAP, they typically started with title, poster, script, production. Yeah. And um, they also made sure they were making films that the major markets were ignoring, like teens films in the 70s. They were making black exploitation films like yeah, Blackula. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and their posters were great because they had so many lies on them. They typically had a girl being carried by a monster. Yeah, yeah. And um, they usually depict scenes that weren't in the film, and they always had some hmm. major lie like... In color, <laughs> widescreen, 
Um, Do people in the fifties just, just buzzwords? Just not like pick up, and they just watch. They were, nobody complained. <laughs> people were like, oh, I wasn't in color, but what else? I got to smoke a cigarette and you could eat get some radiation. Who would you complain to? I, that's a good point. Yeah, because it, it was write a, gr- a letter to your newspaper. Yeah, it was a grindhouse. All the cinema the owners would be like, yeah, so the fuck what? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't care. I don't get out of my office. <laughs> um, and it was also this great period where tiny little B movies like Rocky and Star Wars and Easy Rider could dominate the box office. So in the 80s came about and we saw a massive boom in media. People had pay-per-views, video demand, more TV channels and cable TV. Um, so, like, the market was just getting more and more clustered. And um, then there was this little medium that took the world by storm. And it just creeped up on everyone, which would be... Christmas dog movies? <laughs> <laughs> straight to, straight to DVD? Video, Christmas video. dog movie? Video? V- VHS? VHS! Yes! Which... I... <laughs> Which that right out from under your nose. <laughs> which killed off grindhouses and drive-ins because basically you can make product dirt cheap. Yeah, yeah. And just have unlimited profits because like VHS was like a license yeah, to yeah, yeah. print money. So you can make a film for thousands of dollars and literally make millions off it. Um, and it also gave major studios a second chance to make money with films. And by this time, there was a ton of TV stations, so more and more product was being made, put out in the marketplace, mostly horror and genre stuff. Um, now we have to get sidetracked again. Okay. In this Good. period, there was a studio called Full Moon. and there Werewolf was- movies? Moon Moon. <laughs> get out of town. <laughs> I, I saw a trailer for this movie called Wolf Cop this morning. Oh, God, yeah. Please I, please tell me he wasn't a werewolf. He was just a regular <laughs> wolf that, that solved crime. <laughs> wolf crime? <laughs> Sadly, no. Um, so this is how they came up with their films, which is ingenious. Yeah. Because they had to do something to catch the eye of an average person who, who's in a video store. So they would pay artists to come up with posters yeah. for untitled and unscripted films. They just basically said, make an incredible piece of art that will blow people's mind. Step one. Step two, get writers in, look at the art, and make up a title and a concept around That's the awesome. art. So, okay, 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 okay. Let's, let's do a little... Let's do a little um, uh, okay, so if you had to make, like, a poster, you're trying to suck people in with your yeah. poster, you've got no script, what are you making? A bear riding a unicycle... Whilst holding an AK-47. So what, was this like, is this like Circus Bear's Revenge? Yeah. Because I, I would actually watch a film about like a circus bear that's just had enough. Pretty much, and it's like, it's a Russian bear, so you know it's quite angry about it, and it's got some sweet martial arts skills. <laughs> well, my favourite one was actually a full moon movie, yeah. where you see a close-up of this guy's chest, and he's ripping his flesh on, yeah. off, and in his stomach he's got a Gatling gun. Oh, God, yes. In the film, I think he's got a gun in his finger. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Where would his organs go? <laughs> I know. And it's so uh, impractical. You have to rip your stomach open, get your gun out. I guess you could just do it once and then yeah. you're good. Everyone's sitting there like, dude, get a holster. <laughs> if you have a Gatling gun in your stomach, you, you can't have a regular social exactly. life. Well, he was an android. Oh, okay. Androids can have a social, social life. life. I guess so. Um, okay, so we're getting closer. We can, we can yeah, almost okay. see the end there. So in 1993, the arse completely fell out of the direct-to-video market. Mm-hmm. As This was the point where the product outweighed the demand. Um, and it all died in the late 90s with DVDs. Um, now, the DVD boom was really, really interesting because... People were more in love with the media than the actual films. I have, oh, okay. a, I have a very good friend who was making, he was making real good money living in LA, making films for like $500, $300 and making thousands. Fuck yes. 
But now he's um, hit the big time and makes films for $10,000, and I've written him several of them. <laughs> and I noticed one of them was on the American Film Market website. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And, and until you watch it. Um, <laughs> so, and also, so we're up in the noughties now, and in yeah, this yeah. period the internet took over and porn and social media was taking people away from traditional media, and basically everyone's attention was getting very, very wide. In the 50s it was very, very narrow. Yeah. And now, you know, there's crazy amounts of TV stations, newspapers, magazines, and a zillion free online website. I have to get sidetracked. September 11th, September 11th's attacked, um, made media get very, very conservative. Yeah. So the type of films that were made on DVD, they obviously had to make their profit back by TV sales. So cinema in general got very, very conservative. This is important. Remember, okay. we'll All come right. back to it. I'll keep that in mind. So then in the early noughties, major studios found them in a really they found themselves in a really odd position. Due to all this competition out there, um, marketing budgets for films were way, way, way bigger than the actual production budget. <laughs> Just, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and this is what they did. And people, and I kind of, in marketing, because I market films for a living, yeah. people, I, people complain about this online and it's like, just do some research. There's a good reason people do this. <laughs> um, so let's, for example, say for hypothetical, Sony yeah. acquired the modern equivalent of Rocky. Okay. Do you know how much money it would take to market like a tiny micro-budget film to get in cinemas? A lot? Apple Mill? Easily. Cold Mill? Cold Mill? No, no, no. A hundred million easy. So there's no such thing as low-budget films going to the cinema anymore. That period's over. It's gone. Basically, basically because a lot of people are willing to see things on DVD. And when I say see things on DVD, download it for free. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So why on earth would put you? all the yeah. money in? Yeah. And actually, a lot of films do go to the cinema as a way to advertise the DVD, but that's getting sidetracked and I'm trying to get to the end of this. So basically, <laughs> studios made, decided to make fewer films but make them massive so people would have to see them in cinema and we're seeing this with The Avengers yeah, yeah. and every other film. And to mitigate risks, they started making films based on already known media. This is why uh, we have like 17 Transformers films. Absolutely. But you know what? This is exactly what happened to the cinema in the 50s when this thing called television came in <laughs> yeah, yeah. and was giving away free product. It's exactly the same on the internet. And do you know what the cinema did then? Uh, Christmas Dog movies. <laughs> Very close. <laughs> they... They just made massive movies like the Ten Commandments based on you know properties people already knew. I yeah, think the yeah, Bible yeah. was popular around you've, then. You've or something. got a pre-made audience for the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's, what's this Bible stuff? Um, people know Christ. They're kind of redoing that now. They've got Noah coming out next year with. But that um, was a great story. No, no, that no. That was no, like no, no. I gotta get all, all these animals. No, no, no. no. That even, was such a story about even better. Have you have you read the first chapters of the Bible when really freaky shit was like happening? Old Testament style. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. But before Noah, when angels were having sex with women, <laughs> and it's all this kind of un PC shit. The, the church fucking goes, fucking oh, Sodom and Gomorrah. That's the best story yeah. ever. It's like everyone's fucking each other. God's like, oh Jesus, oh no, <laughs> bomb it. Well. Yeah, technically, God destroyed Gomorrah because of their lack of hospitality, and the Christian right takes that story to condemn homosexuality. So, thank you for being a narrow-minded <laughs> fucking right and taking it out of context. Uh, but okay, but yeah, Sodom, you're homophobe. Sodom, homophobe. Sodom gave us sodomy. Yeah. What did we get out of Gomorrah? Gonorrhea. No, we no. We <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Ever? I can't even begin. Go- so, Go on. <laughs> so, more, so around this period, more films were just re- being released to DVD. Yeah. 
And studios, and this was great. I remember seeing this thinking, this will never stick. Studios started pushing the term DVD premiere, (laughs) which lasted for about five minutes. And the type of films that we see now getting released to DVD, it's changed. It has less to do with the actual quality of the film and more to do with their ability to promote them at the box office. Mm. Because once again, people only want to see these really, really big films. Uh, A perfect example, and most people don't know this, um, Slumdog Millionaire, the eight-time Academy fucking award-winning film, best picture, best screenplay, best director, almost got released direct to DVD. Christ almighty. And, you know, to be honest, I don't blame it because it was a completely uncommercial film. And mm. and people also like to demonise Hollywood saying, you know, it's all they're all soulless bastards. But people took a chance on that film and I'm really glad they did. Okay, we're getting to dog movies soon, I promise. <laughs> okay, so another really strange thing happened to marketing around this time. It had to be really fast and direct. And posters became really, really streamlined. And I think all of us right here know... We know what a poster is now. Mm. It's three floating heads, a picture from the movie, and the title. Because they have to be really kind of fast and direct, and you have to understand it at a glance. Um, Which is great when it comes to movies like Transformers, and they've got (laughs) fucking pictures of the robot. Yeah, you're like, I know know what's going to happen in this film. (laughs) There will be robots. Yeah, robots. And even in these dog movies, if you see the posters, the pictures of the dog heads. Like, we care. They look like dogs. They all look the same. And if there's a movie called, like, Snow Pops, you can pretty much guess <laughs> yeah. there will be snow and puppies. That's and, enough. And that's another good point. Titles became, and I'm going to wrap it all together now. <laughs> um, now, at this period, like, all genres were going direct to DVD. And the, the market's really, really cramped. It's no longer horror. It's no longer sexploitation. It's everything. Um and the cinema, like the secondary cinema, like grindhouses, they all revolved around a need that wasn't being met. But we've reached this period where everything's being released. Yeah, Every yeah. need is being met. So what do you do? I don't know, but a little studio called The Asylum worked it <laughs> yeah. out. I now, The Asylum. We'll get, we'll get onto The Asylum. Like, like they, to start off with, they had this really crazy concept that most sports studios for whatever reason, had never thought of. This is how they made films. They asked video store buyers what films they wanted. They asked them how many units they were willing to pay, and then they made sure the budget was lower so they could turn a profit. Seriously, <laughs> that's what they did. It's yet, kind of genius. Yeah, yet most people don't. Well, I guess there's no video stores anymore. And because of this, they found themselves making Christian films, sex comedies, Latino action films, monster movies, and, of course, mockbusters. Yeah. Um, now, Mockbusters, obviously, it's a cheap ripoff of a Hollywood film. Like, for example, before, when Transformers came out, three days before, Transmorphers was released direct to DVD. What was the, I've seen the Thor one that they did. Almighty Thor. Yeah, and it's it's just like some guys wandering around, like, back alleys for yeah. an hour and a half. This has nothing on Thor. Well, and that was great because they knew that was going to sell well, so they thought, why, yeah, why, well, why are we make... spending any budget, money on the budget? Like, <laughs> because it was all poster and to tie-in yeah, with yeah, how absurd. Yeah. Um, so a mockbuster did something interesting. It brings two genres together that, in theory, would appeal to a bigger audience that it wouldn't otherwise. An example is Sunday School Musical, which would appeal to fans of High School Musical and Christians, oh, yeah. except the fact that this movie barely made any money and it was shit, um, and ultimately appeals to no one. <laughs> um, yeah. But then they did the opposite. Now, this is really crazy and it really paid off. Um, the Asylum being the Asylum, they thought, how about we pile two similar 
genres on top of each other. Uh, in instead of making a, a film that a film that has broad appeal, yeah, yeah. it has really limited appeal, but a lot of it. And a great example is eight. 213 Gacy House, which is basically paranormal activity with John Wayne Gacy as the ghost. Because uh, what? Exactly. I want to see this film. What? I want to see it's this a horrible film. film. I want to see it. I watch it every day. <laughs> but you get me. If you like paranormal activity in ghost films, you probably like serial killers. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It seems chalk them together. Yeah. So it's just not a paranormal activity kind of like ripoff. How Sharknado is. Both like a monster movie and a disaster film. We're getting there. So you're seeing how this is in the culture now. Sharknado, to me, always seemed less like a terrible film and more like a loss of life for a lot of shots. (laughs) Like, I feel like at the end of that, people are going to be like, there are are no great whites left. Like, it's it's a tragedy. Yeah, Yeah. but you get all this sweet, delicious shark fin soup. I guess you can eat the sharks now because they're they're dead. Dead. They're dead. You're technically not killing them. Yeah. I still think it's probably a you bit shush, illegal. Shush. Yeah. Go on. Uh, but you see what's going on. These odd super genres are now forming. Uh, and this crossed over into Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus and yeah, Roger yeah. Corshman's Sharktopus. And other studios were getting onto it. And there was a film called Stonado. Yeah. Uh, Sand Sharks, Two Headed Shark Attack, which was a silent film. And of course, um, Sharknado. Sharknado. Yeah, what yeah. about water? No, Land Sharks. Were they just sharks in the land? No, wait, what? There was, I forget what Is it's called. Is he of street sharks? So? No, I'm, no, I'm not. Street sharks, it's let's shred. We're sharks. Awesome. It's, go shark! It's go shark! Yeah, that's so, in. The, that was an after effect of, you know, what? Why, I can, hang on, was it, it was a ghost shark? It was shark? a ghost yeah. shark, but the reason I thought it was land shark is because the ghost shark <laughs> could appear in any body of water. So, like, the, the, I've only uh, seen one scene okay. from it, and it's like this kid on a slip and slide, and then all of a sudden ghost sharks <laughs> just look down the slip and slide. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so pleased. <laughs> but this is a perfect example. This is what's happening. Instead of exploiting genres, the asylum... They were exploiting exploitation itself. Yeah, they yeah. were exploiting marketing, which was this new thing that hadn't been done, I think, ever. So people are getting on board thinking, holy shit, <laughs> ghost shark. Yeah, so, and you can obviously see, about two years ago, somebody thought, well, let's make a kid's film. What do kids like? Dogs and Christmas. Yep. So if we have a dog and Christmas film, it's going to be better than your average dog film or your average Christmas film. And when I say better, I say more appeal. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> There's no great works of cinema that fall into the category straight to DVD to Christmas dog movie. Are there any what? any great films that consider as a dog movie? Yeah. What What about uh, Old Yeller? Homeward Beethoven? Bound? Beethoven? Yeah, I wouldn't Cujo? consider these great. All right, Cujo. I'll give you Cujo. Okay. Okay, so any I, questions? I, qu- yeah, I all just right. summed up sixty years of film marketing. My brain Didn't feels like it's about yeah, to explode. My, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Snow Pops. Yes, that's a, it's, it's like a spin-off from Airbud. Yeah. Well, or am I thinking of something else? Because I know Airbud spun off a lot of films about Airbud's puppies who had all kinds of adventures and fought ghosts and found treasure. Well, um, let's see. So. Uh, Robert Vinson, who's the master of the dog genre, directed uh, Santa Paws to the Santa Pops. Yep. He's also directed and produced the following films. Mm-hmm. Super Buddies. Yep. Santa Pops to... Oh, Santa Paws to the Santa Pops. Treasure Buddies. Spooky Buddies. The Search for Santa Paws. Santa mm-hmm. Buddies. Space Buddies. Snow Buddies. Chestnut, the hero of Central Park. The Duke, which is about a dog that becomes a duke. Oh, Crazy. my God. He'd be the worst leader ever. <laughs> I want you guys to be able to see my face right now. I'm so distressed. Run a country. country. 
Who do you, do you think dukes run a country? Well, I'm sure there are dukes somewhere that run perhaps counties. <laughs> Hello, Sir Woffington. Um, <laughs> Air Buddies, Air Bud Strikes Back, Air Bud Seven Inning Fetch, yep. Air Bud Three, Air Bud Golden Receiver, and the original Air Bud. Now, I have to get sidetracked again. Don't get me wrong. Do you think he only makes dog movies? No, 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 no. He makes monkey movies as well, such as yes! Spy Mate, MXP, The Most Extreme Primate, MVP, The Most Vertical Primate, and MVP, The Most Valuable Primate. Vertical? Yeah, what? it's like... I don't, it's a what, rock climate. I don't know. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, yeah, monkeys are generally pretty vertical unless they're asleep anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. like, how can one monkey be more vertical than another? Um, um, you know, the adventures of Milo and Otis? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I, was, I, did, I, I did a lot of research into that. Holy fuck. Yeah, they used a lot of cats. And when I say used, it's not like, have a scene, take a break, kitty. It's more like, oh, we'll do the scene. Mm-hmm. Very whole. Well, do you do you oh, know? No. no, do you know where yeah, Milo and Otis spawned no. from? Do you know like the dark, dark backstory of? No. Milo? Okay, okay, it's fucking mother fucking story time. Okay, so there's a Japanese film called The Adventures of Ozaki. All right, and this is a film that is what Milo and Otis came from. Okay, Milo and Otis isn't its own film. It's actually offcuts from this Japanese film. Okay, now. This Japanese film has been the subject of several animal rights and animal abuse lawsuits. It's not cursed. <laughs> you were so worried too. Is, is it cursed? I'm scared. <laughs> but it's not cursed, but uh, you see a lot of animal abuse in Milo mm. and Otis. Yeah. There was like 10 times that much oh. in the original Japanese film. Uh, you know when in Milo and Otis, Milo is fighting the bear, right? Because at some point in that film, a little baby pug fights an actual bear yeah in the japanese film he he he, it's pretty obvious that milo dies in this one he you see the bear like smack down on milo's back and then it just cuts away he he probably died um they uh at one point uh very early on in the film when oh no milo was a cat wasn't he yeah yeah otis otis yeah yeah. okay early on when milo's with his parents or his mum in the japanese film there's a scene where they just put a snake in front of the mama cat and yeah. and it just bites the shit out of her and we don't see it but the cat dies. Oh, um it's it's so awful. And the thing is people have been trying to track down this guy to take him down for making this film where just animals died left and right but they just can't. He's like disappeared. <laughs> and somebody evidently Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. In the 80s was like, 
this film about animal torture. (laughs) Let's turn this into a fucking happy-go-lucky film for kids. The worst thing that I know about Milo and Otis that the Japanese director did is in that that movie, it's not in Milo and Otis, but there's a scene where um, Otis is, he's like scared and lost and they wanted to make him seem more scared and lost and he crosses a bridge at one point they wanted to make it seem like he he couldn't balance so they broke his legs and forced him to walk across the log my little notice is fucked so much more fucked than anyone knows yeah you think you watch it and you're like oh there's a lot of bad things a lot of those animals probably died then you you watch it you can see the whole japanese film on youtube i think it's called the adventures of ozaki but it might be something different and it's got english subtitles but Lord Almighty. Yeah, but, you know, don't lie. I get a kick out of seeing something like in an 80s film and you think, that's not legal anymore. Yeah, oh, yeah. Beastmaster, when they throw the little um, ferrets into the quicksand and the ferrets actually go under. Oh, God, what, what film was this? Beastmaster. Favourite shot at the end, um, basically it's He-Man and whoever. Yeah. Uh, they're defending this castle and they put all this petrol in a moat. Uh, they light up the moat so the bad guys can't come in. The flames go higher than the cameraman expected, and you can kind of zoom, oh, see wow. him zoom out. That's and then awesome. it starts raining fire on two people wearing loincloths, and you can see them just running for their lives. And it was shot in Mexico That's where life That's is cheap. Amazing. Yeah. I always love in like those old exploitation films how just nobody had any legal right to do anything, and they'd have like just car crashes mm. happening on actual roads that people were using. <laughs> yeah. So beautiful. But yeah, Milo and Otis, it's, it's not good. It's awful. You can count the moments where puppies and kittens die in that film. Hmm. I feel so, really bad. It's awful. You, it's so awful. Do you want to talk about happy things? Yeah. <laughs> right, I have a question for you both, right? Yeah. This is, this is a little fan theory about talking dog movies that I've been kind of building up. little pattern I've noticed. Mm. All right, I want to ask you some questions. Okay, if you, say we're making a talking dog movie, right? All of us, big old fun romp. What kind of breed is our main character? Dogs come in breeds. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a cat person. Yeah, come I'm on, you got to know. You got. Have I both got cat people well, yeah, here? Yeah. yeah. Just think about dog movies you've seen. What What type of breed was Goofy? Goofy was not a not a breed. <laughs> Goofy was. Would he be like a really big basset hound? He'd be like a basset hound cross the Great Dane. You know, Goofy's first wife was a cow, like an actual cow. Goofy's had seven wives. You player. <laughs> I know. Maybe Goofy's just a terrible husband. He's got a kid. Yeah. Max. Is his mum a dog? I feel like he's mama. a dog. But is he half dog, half I just rabbit. always assumed he was a dog and Pluto was like Mickey's sex slave kind of deal. Yeah. That he kind of walks around with a collar on. Um, Why no, is what? He... Yes. No, you don't. no, fucking. I'm just saying if we're cat people, because obviously you're yeah, outnumbered here. Yeah, fuck my here. theory. You don't even. It's yeah, not even worth it. You're outnumbered here. But just wanted to say that we're biased towards specific breeds being specific types of characters. If there's a bulldog, he's going to be a gruff guy with a Bronx accent. Yeah. If there's a yeah. fucking... A sexy dog is a poodle in the dog world. For some reason, that's just great for male <laughs> dogs. They just love poodles. They're sexy. What would a Dalmatian be? I don't know. If you're making a talking dog movie where one's a fireman, it's probably <laughs> That I'm just assuming. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, Chihuahua. Chihuahua's going to be Mexican. Of course. Yeah, that's just how As it is. Seen what about by a the, what is uh, it? What's the three Beverly, talking dogs? Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Beverly yeah. Hills Chihuahua. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Were there three Beverly Hills Chihuahuas? Yeah. What's the first one about? Do we know? No, I it's Beverly Hills. It's the, the dog gets lost somewhere and then the dog has to go back to Beverly Hills. Oh, okay. So it's, it's basically Homeward Bound. 
but with yeah. the Chihuahua. I think it goes to Mexico. I think it goes to Mexico and discovers its roots, but then realizes it likes Beverly Hills. It's like if we left Kim Kardashian in Mexico without <laughs> any water. Yeah. What, should we get kidnapped and become a sex slave? I, I like the idea of what scenario did, did we have to the gringos? Kim Kardashian that we could just drop her in Mexico. <laughs> Sorry, Kim. <laughs> it's it's for entertainment. Yeah. Um, and I would say that your protagonist dog is always going to be a golden retriever yeah. or potentially a Labrador, depending on the age, and that your villain dog is going to be a Doberman or a, you know, one of them evil dogs. And Again? cats are dicks. Just Why aren't, This is what I was going for. Why aren't there any Christmas cat movies? Why are cats always dicks in kids' well, Christmas movies? Firstly, cats aren't stupid enough to be trained. <laughs> they can be trained, but they're like, nah. I don't want to be constantly doing that shit over and but over again. all of the movies now are pretty CGI. Like, you don't really no. need the cat to there do much. There was a cat or, in Homeward Bound. Yeah. She was but like that was bitch. voiced by Sally Fields. And she was, she was a bitch again. But all the dog movies we watched, the dogs were real. Yeah, and so was the lip like, movie. Except for their face. Yeah. <laughs> Why does every Christmas movie we we make involve helping Santa? Is that what happens in the in the Christmas pops? No, none of them. Well, in fact, um, Home Alone dogs. Which, yes, I'm interested in this. Well, let's talk about that one for a second. No, no, no. I'm going to start with Home for Christmas, aka. Bone Alone, which was the original title. That's sexy. I'm down. They don't even uh, because, have to remake it for porn. Yeah, because it's already the there. Main, the main character was named Bone, and I'm going to read you the synopsis I wrote. Oh, and then we're going to quickly jump to um, Home Alone Dogs. Yeah. Uh, when a family visits Grandma on Christmas Eve, they leave their dogs all home alone. Mm-hmm. And when burglars try to break in and take the presents from under the tree, the dogs must use every trick they know to stop the criminals from saving and save Christmas. Okay, let's skip... Oh, now I've got my films mixed up. The synopsis for The Dog That Saved Christmas reads, in my own words, when a family visits grandma's house on Christmas Eve, they leave their dogs at home alone. And when burglars truly try to take the presents from the trees, the dogs must use every trick they know to stop the criminals and to save Christmas. Exactly the same plot. That's Both amazing. families visit... I thought you just got jumbled up for a second. <laughs> no, 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 like, no, no. Anyone no. going to correct him? No, no, no. Both families visit grandma on Christmas Eve. But let's go to Home Alone Dogs. Um, which... Why are the dogs getting so alarmed that they're alone? Like, they're dogs, they're alone a lot. My dog doesn't like being left it's alone. because it's Christmas. <laughs> I don't feel Christmas. like they have a sense of holiday cheer. Well, if, if your dogs don't have Christmas cheer in them, Zoe, <laughs> that's your fault. My dogs are non-existent, that's why. My cat is not very happy when it comes to Christmas. She wouldn't <laughs> let me put a jumper on her this year. No. Has oh. she in previous years? <laughs> no, I just thought this year would have been You great. said this year, like specifically something was off this year. This year. I feel like we there's did, no time a cat's did, happy in a jumper. We did, um, we did my, um, one of my best friends, he's got his, his cat sitting mm. at the moment, and we decided to put a bunch of fishing bells on the cat. Aww. You know, the ones that you clip on to the, um, <laughs> just to the line. Cool. So it, we didn't clip it onto its ears or anything, we put it on its collar. So Aww. it just was Christmassy. But Christmas, every time it ran past, it was just like, jingle, 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 jingle. Beautiful. <laughs> Go on. Home Alone Dogs, yep. a.k.a. Home Alone 6, a.k.a. Step Dogs. Because last year, the ABC channel in the US, they must have acquired the name Home Alone or bought the rights to sequels. Mm. So last year, they produced Home Alone 5, yeah. Holiday Heights. But this year, they got a film called Step Dogs and renamed it. Do you know why I know this? Why? Well, the name's Step Dog, and the film has nothing to do with Christmas whatsoever. <laughs> it just takes place in winter. And if anything, it's the follow-up to the director's previous film, Vampire Dog. What? 
I want to see Vampire Dog. That looks awesome. A vampire Dog couldn't get out your neck. He gets to stomach at best. Yeah, it's a very little dog. <laughs> no, he could bite your, your artery in your thigh. That's got that That's true. That's actually perfect your, dog height. Yeah, that, and that pumps way more blood than the vein in your neck. Yeah, all right, fine, fine. You win on the vampire dog. <laughs> Miss knows too much about how people die. So, okay. In Home now, Alone, did, dogs. did you guys? Was I the only one who watched all the films? I, I tried to watch Santa Paws to the Santa Pops. I got twenty minutes in, and I realized that films like this are the reason people try to kill themselves. I figured Christmas. I'd seen enough Christmas movies, and enough talking dog movies, and enough Fuck straight you. to DVD movies <laughs> that I would be on the ball. I well, watched okay. both of them I twice and took chose, notes. I actively chose You're to watch insane. Keeping Up with the Kardashians instead of watching the But Santa okay, Claus. Home Alone Dogs. Yeah. Does it follow this? Because I recently no. sat down and was like, I'm going to watch all of the Home Alone films, Why? right? Because they're, the second Home Alone film is like one of my favorite films in the world. Really? Kevin McAllister, right? Macaulay Culkin's character, is just a sociopath. Yeah. I swear to God, at the end of uh, fucking Home Alone 2, whatever, he's in the city, he wants to kill those burglars. Yeah. Because the last part of his elaborate trap is that they're on this rope covered in kerosene, right? And then the rope, they, they let go and they drop down and they land in this like, this like pit out the front of the house. And the pit's full of paint and kerosene. I think Kevin McAllister, and they get covered in it, mm. wanted the rope to burn, fall down, and just set them ablaze. Yeah. I think he wanted to burn them to death. Well, there's no doubt in the world that Kevin McAllister is a sociopath or a psychopath because mm. if you see the way that he's... His parents left him alone on Christmas. Like, he obviously... Twice. Had, twice. Twice. He obviously had has abandonment issues and inferior and an inferiority complex because his parents obviously don't care about him that much. With so many siblings, I know. With it's, it's so often being left alone, what if his you know, he's obviously name is Buzz. <laughs> so good. Well, this film clearly didn't hold up because there was no clear child abuse. Oh, oh, that's not good. Children. That's, even Home Alone three is like the kid. Home Alone, right, two. Kevin McAllister, it's not even really about defending his home. Kevin McAllister is just getting off in the pain. The best yeah. thing, and I would get this tattooed on my body if I could, is a Kevin McAllister quote from Home Alone 2 where he's like, <clears throat> another Christmas, another night in the trenches. <laughs> like, oh, Kevin McAllister, you're badass. But Home Alone two, 3 is just like this, 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 like this little plucky kid. It's like, just like, ah, I gotta save my... You know, in, in Home Alone 2, he throws bricks yeah. at the criminals. In Home Alone 3, he like throws paint at them. And you're like, come on, man. Kevin McAllister would yeah. just shake yeah. his head and walk away if he well, saw you. Well, the you. films don't work if the kids are nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, talking about stupid cr- criminals, I have to work this in because I watched this film twice, <laughs> damn you people. <laughs> the Dog Who Saved Christmas. Um, yeah. So, obviously, it's about people going to Grandma's house. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And the main bad guy is Dean Cain. Um, this, the Dog Who Saved Christmas, and I have to point out that Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell voices the dog Zeus. Good. Um, it's followed cool. up by The Dog Who Saves Christmas Vacation, starring Marilyn, <laughs> Mario Lopez as Zeus. Dean Cain returns as the same character, being fooled by the dog twice, Paris Hilton and Casper Van Diem. This is followed up by The Dog That Saves Halloween, that features now, clearly Mario had something better to do. So <laughs> yeah. Joey Lawrence from Blossom, who played Joey in Lawrence, <laughs> plays Zeus this time around. Uh, Dean Cain returns... For a third time, being this bumbling criminal gets that gets thwarted this, by the dog. Is this film close? Is this franchise close to Dean Cain's heart? Is he like <laughs> this is it, where I'm pouring my heart and cl- soul? It's close to his bank account. <laughs> that yeah. man, like he has been in 120 films. Um, so, and this film also features Lance Hendrickson because he's in everything as well, mm. and um, Curtis Armstrong, who's Booger from Return of the Nerds. This is followed up by the dog who saves a holiday, featuring Jerry Lawrence again. I like that Dean now it's Cain. just not specified. It's just, <laughs> I, I, I know. know. We'll see. 
witch. Um, I guess Easter. How's your Martin Luther King Day? Yeah, I was thinking, Martin Luther King, the dog that saved Martin Luther King Day. But haven't you just lost all respect for Dean Cain? So it also has Shelley Long and Family Times Michael Gross. It's followed up this year by The Dog Who Saves Easter, which Fuck marks yeah. the return of Mario Lopez as Zeus, Dean Cain's back in it, uh, Patrick Muldoon, and it also has Matthew Lawrence, who I think is the younger brother of Joey Lawrence, who actually played a younger version of Joey Lawrence's character in Blossom. What? What kind of 80s gangbang is this? <laughs> I know, and the kids who watch these films would not care. Yeah, in it the would slice. mean nothing to them. Yeah, the I, starring I, Mario Lopez, it's like, I don't thank know you. I, I love so my Hannah Montana? That like, okay, so yeah, Dog Saves Christmas. That's fine. I'm okay with Dog Saving Christmas. They need something to do. Dog Saves Christmas Vacation, that's fine. That just follows yep. the typical movie sort of franchise thing of the second ones in Hawaii. Yep. Right? Nobody needs to save Halloween. <laughs> How do you jeopardize Halloween? <laughs> Halloween know. is based on like, egging other people. Like if houses. I st- if I like like kidnap Santa, tie him up, put him in a cupboard, then sure, Santa's Christmas is in trouble. Yeah. But what can you do to Halloween to jeopardize? Well, it? The, obviously the this Dean Kane character is racing Lucifer from his cage. <laughs> okay. On Halloween Eve to torment the poor children yeah. of the town of what's it? <laughs> good, yeah, good. Actually, when you think about it, isn't Halloween, isn't it a positive thing? Isn't it it's about purging spirits? Yeah, yeah. Well, Christmas was a pagan holiday all about connecting with the spirit world and uh, making sure you've got enough casts for the new year yeah, and yeah. parting in defiance of winter. So is there some kind of and, like deeper meaning here? <laughs> no, traditionally Christmas has had more to do with orgies yeah. than it has ever done. Well, my to... Christmas was authentic this year. <laughs> yeah. Did you all have hats, and were you covered in those bells? So the apology um, sort of like... In, ding, in, ding, in ding, fact, ding. we were wearing the little um, the paper hats that come in the poppers, and I was covered in eggnog. <laughs> That's the grossest thing I can imagine. <laughs> eggnog is not sexy. It's too thick. But <laughs> milk can be sexy. <laughs> milk can't be sexy. Any dairy-based product can't be sexy. Milk, if you imagine, like, a like sexy lady or a sexy man, and they're just like, oh, 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 and poor milk... No, yeah. no, they would get so stinky so so quick. Sammet's into it. Sammet's a producer in the studio has given me the nod of approval. So is Molly. No. Jackson wins. Fuck you guys. That's, Fuck that's you actually guys. two on two. It's pretty even. Point is. <laughs> you can't count The point the is, did any of you celebrate the real meaning of Christmas? I'm pretty sure my eggnog orgy was the real meaning of Christmas. <laughs> the birth of the pagan god Mithra? No, <laughs> you shit. were too busy thinking about dog movies. I fucking movies. forgot Mothra. Mothra? Mothra. I, I, I celebrated Mothra this Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I was so close. You're kind of cool. You got little How twins hanging around. Yeah. How could you celebrate <laughs> Mothra? Let's be honest, though. Mothra is like the coolest kaiju. Oh, oh he's the worst. He's so good. Oh, don't be. It's like, what was that? What was the one he fought? Like Frankenstein? Bar- the stupid one that's on its legs? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. Barragon. Yeah. Barragon yeah. and Mothra are the worst. They're the best. <laughs> Mothra is a king. What other kaiju flies? <laughs> um, King Gurir. Does he have three heads? Yeah. <laughs> and at my work, there's a wall that's just a big print of it. Awesome. But Mothra's like, like he's like a moth, and he's like got that, like, he poison powders fucking Godzilla. Mm. He's so cool. Yeah, no, he sucks. Oh, fine. Screw you guys. Mothra's <laughs> the best. Rodan. Rodan flies as well. Hang on, is Spooky yeah. Buddies... This, I don't know if you know, but is it the same 
basic plot? Are they saving Halloween? I can only assume so. <laughs> and learning life lessons while they're at it. Why? Also, what kind of powerful super dog is Airbud that it can learn all these sports and then birth these puppies that fight crime and have adventures and save Christmas? Well, I think he would be some kind of powerful super dog yeah. that can I feel like he would maybe be <laughs> fictitious. Right. Who's, like... this, who's this Thor character? He's some sort of <laughs> demigod. What's that about? Who's this man of iron? Why is he so smart? The government <laughs> should snap up yeah. airports. Why have films about average people doing nothing much? Well, I would like watch a life. film. I would watch a new Airbud film that was about the government snapping up <laughs> Airbud and all of those 90s teens being like, but he's going to help us win the <laughs> ping pong match. <laughs> but they just need to learn, you know, what, what the hell he is. No, it's like, fuck it, they have to go into bad dad. Yeah. Go to the Middle East. Oh, God, Airbus. yes. Airbus, we need your sports skills to fight the war on terrorism. A little gun in his mouth. <laughs> hey, if he can hold a baseball bat in his mouth, he can hold an AK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bombs in his bag. Yeah. yeah. And then we get one of those, that monkey from... Um, Extreme yeah. primates. Vertical. <laughs> yeah. The most vertical chimp in the world. Yeah. And he can help the dog and they can fight crime together. What was I the watched first the one? crap out of that show. <laughs> yeah. What was the first um, ape movie that you mentioned? It had a good pun title. Was that like Crime Spy Ape? Mate. Spy Mate. That's not as good as Crime Ape. <laughs> <laughs> Although I guess if Spy Mate fought Crime Ape, then it would be kind of awesome. Um, I always feel like, like when I watch films that have a monkey in them, I always like wonder how much trouble the monkey caused on set. Like Winston, Those monkeys are pretty drugged up most of the time. Yeah, really? Yeah, they drug in I... monkeys for my entertainment. Drugging... The only monkey I've heard of that's kind of gone loose was Michael Jackson chimp that kept trying to rip people's faces off. Yeah, but, but that's that was... that's bubbles. He's a celebrity yeah. chimp. My, my favorite monkey is mm. from Battlestar Galactica because if you've seen the original series, yeah. the little kid has a pet robot dog. Okay. Which was a monkey in a pet robot dog suit. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, that was easier than anything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah that a, was apparently easier than getting a dog. Or a midget. <laughs> they were like, monkey. Yeah, and apparently one day it suit. was so hot in the suit, the monkey took off the head. It just was like, looked like it was just shaking his head. That's so awesome. Yeah. Oh, I like wow. that they're like monkey in a tin suit instead of just. Uh, if if I was making Battlestar Galactic, I would just would have wrapped a dog in foil. Yeah, I was gonna say just put it like a dog in it. Well, hang on, as a robot dog, was it like like bipedal or was it? Did, like did the monkey style? walk around on all fours? Oh, or? all fours. It pretty much looked like a dog, except um, you know, just bits of silver collars. What was it? Did they have they just a monkey wrap it in tin foil? It, I don't know why they're. What it feels like is they're like they have a monkey spare and they're like, what are we going to do for this dog? That yeah, they're like, like the monkey isn't testing well with audience, but we've already paid the monkey for the just, season. Just wrap the dog, the monkey in tin. People aren't going to know the difference. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I know, but all of Battlestar Galactica was ridiculous. Christ almighty. I'm trying to think of other talking dog movies. What about um, fucking Cats vs. Dogs? The sequel I to Cats vs. Dogs Cats had a dogs. good cat in it. And there were spy agencies. That was, that was a weird film. That film was perfect. Like, I'm pretty much, I'm very content if I'm watching a film with Jeff Goldblum in it. So to watch a film that was about an evil talking cat, so somewhat, I don't yeah. know, the dog was doing something. And Jeff Goldblum, I was very happy. That movie's awesome. That movie should have won an I, Oscar. I think I've just realized, I think I'm very old compared to you two. Yeah? I think Dogs versus Cat, I don't know if, know if I was even at university when it came out. <laughs> I don't think, well, when did Dogs vs. Cat, I, I remember watching it as I a kid. I saw that when I was like at my peak of puberty and that just developed weird <laughs> things for me and Jeff Goldblum. Oh, ah, okay. Oh, God, I okay. love Jeff Goldblum. 
Yeah, he, you we know, should just do an episode dedicated to Jeff Goldblum. The thing about Jeff Goldblum is even in Rapist Captain... number two in Death Wish. <laughs> That's who you're talking really? about? Or maybe it's Death Wish 2. No, well, it's either one of the he's first He's a rapist ones. in one of them. Yeah, <laughs> he kills. He's a bad, bad man. Wow. Perfect in every way. That's powerful. That's powerful stuff from Jeff Goldblum. Mm. He's a very talented man. Um, something that I was learning about recently, speaking of like talking animal movies, was... Um, which we were. Yes, which we were. <laughs> Mr. Red, all right? Ah, yeah. Mr. Red, classic. And Horace the Talking Mule, okay? Which was a series of films. Mm. Mr. Red was a TV show, but Horace the Talking Mule was a series of films. Now... They both go to such weird places. It's awesome. Mr. Ed starts off as like this guy and his wife buy a house, and there's just a talking horse in the backyard. And uh, nobody believes him that he's got this talking horse, but the talking horse kind of gives him life advice and stuff. Mm. Because, you know, like... He needs it. Yeah, he needs it. And apparently a fucking talking horse is going to, like, know the score. He's going to know how to make your wife happy. (laughs) Right? By the sixth season of that movie, that TV show... The guy and his horse are working for the CIA yeah. and solving crime. Good, I like how that progressed. Horace the Talking Mule, right, starts off similar. There's a guy who moves onto an army base. There's an army mule that talks. Nobody believes him that he talks. In this, the guy goes to an insane asylum yeah. because they're like, it's not talking to you. But in the end, he gets out. By the end of that movie franchise, they're in a haunted house because Horace has inherited a lot of money. And it's like just so far removed from where it began. Yeah. That's beautiful. (laughs) My favorite episode of Mr. Ed Mm. was a special episode about the value of buying war bonds. Oh, yes. That's amazing. And once again, I'm showing my age because I have no idea what Mr. Ed is. He's like a horse. They put peanut butter in his mouth and he made the... Yeah, horse And he was always helping Wilbur out. Yeah, Wilbur, you know, like... Is this in black and white? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you could get away with a talking horse TV show these days. Yeah. I feel like we've matured a bit. <laughs> as, a, as a nation of people, yeah. we're no longer willing to accept a talking horse. But Teen Mum, fuck yes. Teen Mum, yeah, that's true. All right, uh, and on that note, I've been Jackson Bailey. I've been Zoe Blotter. Fuck you all. As long as any person that watches films. <laughs> Thank you, and goodbye. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm hmm. 